Welcome to Dog Training Disrupted by Upper Dogology, where I retrain your brain and introduce you to the world of cognitive behavioral therapy for dogs over the age of six months. I am super excited to have as our guest, James Jacobson, host to the Dog Podcast Network and Dog Lovers Live. He's been interviewed on CNN, appeared on The Tonight Show, and has been written about in national newspapers such as The Washington Post and The Los Angeles Times. He's been a guest on hundreds of television shows, locally and nationally syndicated radio programs and podcasts. He's also appeared on The Oprah Winfrey Show talking about his award-winning book, How to Meditate with Your Dog. And that's what we're going to talk about in this chat. Meditation and spending time with our dogs is so important, yet somehow the dog world has become so rule-driven and formal. What we really need to do is connect emotionally with our dogs and allow them to do what they do best, connect with us and bring out our best selves. In the closing chat, I discuss how mainstream dog training is recognizing the value in individualizing dogs, learning from dogs, and changing our approach and perception of how dogs perceive us and our urban world. Is this new mindset realistic without also changing our approach and the way we work with dogs? Let's start out with chatting with dog lover James Jacobson. James, how's it going? It is awesome, Billy. How are you doing? Good. You're hanging out in Hawaii. I am hanging out in Hawaii. Yes. Well, you're doing I, a lot more than hanging out. You're a busy guy. <laughs> you're a busy, busy guy in Hawaii. I like to think that I may be one of the hardest working people who live in Maui, but at least I get to like this morning, I just came back from the beach an hour ago. So it's a good way to start the day, especially when I can bring my dogs down there. That's awesome. So it, off the top, tell us about your dogs. I have two Maltese, Kanga and Rue. And Kanga is more my heart dog. So Kanga is the one who is more used to like she was, Rue was some was a dog that, that we rescued. So uh, Kanga has definitely been with me from the very, from her very beginning. And she knows what it's like to go to the beach. And she's, I think, 13 years old now. Aww. And so she was raised with the sound of oceans and, and likes that. And it took a while to acclimate her to that when she was just a little puppy but her favorite place in the world is the beach with that oh that's so cool yeah it's like she's like your for lack of a better term your soul mutt or that's what mm -hmm. i call them that's yeah the one. yeah totally so you've been uh doing dog stuff for quite some time and you have your uh i guess dip as as you said uh it's a different hats or your hands in different pots or whatever that term is so <laughs> Your tail wagging lots of different ways. So you've got podcasts and different types of podcasts. And your big one, I guess, is you most, I guess the one I know the least about would be your book. Yeah. So I, I have three different companies. Uh, and many years ago, my life went to the dogs. I started a, um, for many years, I lived in D.C. and I used to commute back and forth between Washington, D.C. and Maui, which is a long commute for 13 years. And I finally moved here in 2003 after I helped to change the quarantine laws that were had been in effect in Hawaii longer than the state had been a state because I had a dog named Maui and I wanted to bring Maui to Maui. But so we changed the laws. I moved here in 2003. I sort of 
retired, if that sounds that sounds so grandiose. But basically, I'd worked really hard, I'd built some companies, and I was going to just have a new change, a new chapter in my life in Maui. I didn't know what I was going to do exactly, because I had been an entrepreneur and built and sold some companies. And I said, I'm just going to write a book. And I wrote a book called How to Meditate with Your Dog. Now, I believe meditation is the single most important thing that you can do for yourself. And I think you obviously can meditate without a dog because I think most people throughout history have. However, I found that I could incentivize people to meditate who wouldn't do it otherwise if I help them leverage, that's a Mark Victor Hansen term, help them leverage uh, the, the love that they had for their dog. So. I wrote this book and I built a publishing company to publish it after New York publishers. I realized they're going to not do that much work. So I'm going to, I'm going to have to do a lot of work. So I might as well build a publishing house and Good for we you. actually got our first, our first author was Archbishop Desmond Tutu who won the Nobel prize. Oh, right. So, wow. so I was like, you know, we built a real, a little, a little publishing house, but I ostensibly built it to support my first book, how to meditate with your dog. And that book did really well. I was on, Tons of media and CNN and Jay Leno and I flew in Oprah's jet and all sort all sorts of stuff, really big stuff, because the message resonated and it was basically, you know, you can meditate with your dog. Dogs are natural meditation partners. They very much know how to live in the moment and be with you. So if you just sit in a <clears throat> non-dogmatic way with your dog, it's not there's not a lot of drama to this, but it focuses a little bit on on the breath. Um you can meditate. It's actually really good for you and for the dog. It helps with separation anxiety. It helps with just many of the things that, that you're an expert on. Um, but it's that quality bonding time. And if you do it on a regular basis, it's, it's really good. I so can that see it being very beneficial. It's really cool because. Um, so it's, is, it's, can, it's, I, can I just ask, is this book, I, I have to say, I really haven't looked into it, but I'm going yeah, to now. Yeah. But is this book Fiction, nonfiction, is it a step-by-step manual? It's it's how to meditate with your dog told through a story of me meditating with my dog, Maui. Uh, so it's sort of a nonfiction novel? It's a, uh, I, we were coming up with all sorts of cute publishing <laughs> terms for it, but it is n- unlike any other book you might have read. So it has a narrative component to it, which is my relationship with my dog. So in that way, mm-hmm. I guess you can think of it as sort of a little bit of a, slight fictional narrative account, but it really walks people through the process of not only why to do it, but more importantly, how to do it. There is a little method to the madness. And for many people who are interested in meditating and they've been told, oh, I should meditate, but they haven't, this helps them get there and understand the things that, you know, any beginning meditation student or even experienced meditator will know, which is that I try it, but then these thoughts come into my mind. How do I deal with that? It, you know, it walks them through that and also talks about how um, dogs are such great meditation partners. And by having that uh, interaction, it actually calms the energy. So there's some depth to it, but it was hopefully told in a fun way and that has resonated with a lot of readers over the years. It's That's available fantastic. in audiobook too. You, you can get an audiobook wow. or with I could see it my... working well as an audiobook. 
Yeah. yeah. It came with, it used to come with, back in the old days, so it day. came with a meditation <laughs> CD, uh, but now it's a, it's a free MP3 download. And it's right. just, it's just a cute way to do something that I think we all ought to do if we have a dog or not, but especially if you have a dog. And do you think people might do this naturally without even sort of knowing that they're doing it? Totally. I think I yeah. just maybe systematize a little bit, but you know, dogs do it. If, if you watch, we, I call it hound lounge in the book, which is when their eyes are half open, half closed. They're very much in the present moment. They're not doing anything. And if you can embrace that and be in the similar state with them, you're both really meditating um, and not thinking about the future, not thinking about the food or the mailman. Um, it's really powerful. And I've seen uh, really great cartoon uh, cartoons about it where they sort of have the the person and the dog and and it's the back, right? The back and, the, and then in front is all this water, the ocean. Yeah. And then, you know, the bubble coming from the human head is, oh, I got to buy this. I got to do this. I got to do this. And the one coming from the dog is, this is beautiful or, or something very in the moment. And it really defines the difference on how dogs can just be so in that moment right there. And what's important to them is that, you and that moment that you're spending with them. And th that's it. That's a beautiful visualization. I have not seen that cartoon, but yeah, that pretty much is the essence because we have so much to learn by just following and listening to our dogs and taking that investment of 10 or 20 minutes a day is what I recommend uh, of being of sitting, of being in the silence uh, with your dog, either on your lap or on the floor with your dog, or just connecting with normally with your hand on the dog's heart and then the other hand on its hind quarters and just sort of synchronizing your breath it works it's re it really works i mean i Absolutely. when we were promoting it at the beginning i you know as i said i was on cnn i they had me meditate live with a dog at cnn that they had that they just introduced me to so this happens with um it, it really works and it's that was probably cool. the calmest cnn show ever <laughs> <laughs> that's great that must have been quite the experience well, and, and I, on Jay Leno, too, it's the idea that it can happen. And I would go around the country and do this with TV hosts, showing them how this works. And it was uh, really effective. And there's some stuff out there on, on YouTube. And anyway, that was the genesis. That's kind of what got me deep into dog dumb, because I wrote the book and then we made a video that went viral. It was actually the first dog related video to go viral. And it went viral before YouTube existed. And it was wow. just an Adobe Flash video. And it's called uh, Do You Remember Love? And we built a really big email list as a result of that because people were would watch that video and then they'd want to connect with me. And it was all designed to promote the book. But I started building a relationship and a rapport with the people who were on this email list. And then when my dog Maui was dying, I shared that in very, you know, I, I, I shared that with, with the audience that we had built. And so when she passed, I received over a thousand pieces of physical mail to my home in Hawaii. And many, 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 many times that in email with condolence cards and letters and notes and stuff like that. Wow. And, and that was you sort had a of a real the, impact. I, they, they connected with me, but I learned so much from them because people were saying, yeah, I enjoyed Maui and, and I'm so I send you the best, but but what happened when my dog died and I kept learning about all these dogs who had died 
of cancer. And cancer, I hadn't, Maui didn't have cancer, but so many dogs died of cancer. And so I asked my my then vet, my later business partner, how big is this cancer thing? And he said, pretty big. You know, we don't talk too much about it because there's not much we can do. And he, his name is Dr. Dressler, Damien Dressler. And he wanted to uh, do something in the publishing realm in addition to veterinary medicine. So he, we did a little, a little booklet and then turned into a book and then it turned into another book and it turned into basically the best-selling, the number one best-selling animal health book in the English language is a book that my publishing company, Mary Media published. It's called the Dog Cancer Survival Guide. And it's written by Dr. Dressler and Dr. Ettinger, who is a veterinary oncologist in the, on the East Coast. And um, that book has been really helpful and helped many, 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 many people uh, since it came out. It's the Bible of dog cancer. So correct me if I'm wrong. One of your podcasts focuses on dog cancer. Is mm -hmm. that correct? Actually, the first podcast that the Dog Podcast Network does, which is by the, one of my other companies, is um, is called Dog Cancer Answers. And it's the podcast that we say, I'm sorry, you have to listen to this show. You know how we all want people to listen to our shows. This is a show like I do want people to listen to. But, you know, the fact that you're listening probably means you have a dog with cancer or you think your dog might have cancer. So that is a show that has been going on for many years uh, where I sit down with veterinary experts, veterinarians, primarily veterinarians, and go into detail on specific features and, 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 and questions that people have related to different types of cancers and cancer treatments. And it's not all, you know, traditional Western medicine. It's not all- I was gonna ask uh, that. Eastern medicine, it's a balance because the approach that we have discovered really works is what Dr. Dressler calls a full spectrum approach. So you use the best of Western medicine, the best of alternative medicine, or, or different, there's so many different terms for it. And you combine all of those, uh, focus on diet and nutrition and mind-body medicine and stress reduction where meditation would come in and all sorts of things. And then in a Appropriate cases, you use uh, standard of care, like you know, a chop protocol. If you have a certain type of right. cancer, there, there are different types of chemotherapies that really work. And then there's a whole bunch of new stuff coming, and there's acupuncture and herbs and and all sorts of stuff. So dog well, cancer. Well, you know, answers, you're resonating with me on this, right? With the, totally the holistic did. approach, right, yeah. and incorporating yeah. lots of different mm -hmm. solutions that. Uh, that depend on so many different factors and being open-minded and, and including inclusive to, mm -hmm. to best address the needs as, as you need. So, so you're completely resonating with me on that. And I did not mean to interrupt on your end there, but I just was just loving no, what you were saying there. I, well, yeah. that's what I appreciate about you, Billy. Yeah. You, you get it. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get when, when it's the whole idea of let's find what works and let's, Let's collaborate with different people who have different skills and uh, and figure out what works best for each individual dog in the situation that they're in. And it sounds like you've uh, like like myself, you also are helping the people. It's really about I mean, the mission. So I have three companies the, the mission behind all of them is is common, which is to help improve the quality of life for dogs. And the people who love them yeah. and 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 you know dog cancer answers is such an obvious way of doing that yeah. with with that podcast do you have another book coming up 
Do I have another book coming up? We have an update. We're working on an update to the dog cancer survival guide. And that's the only one that I can talk about right now. Sounds good. Well, yeah. well, maybe when all, all your other up and coming stuff come out again, we'll, yeah. we'll have you back on. But this has okay. been wonderful. Do you want to uh, share with us how the listeners can, can find sure. you and sure. find everything well, about you? Absolutely. I think the most important thing is to check out Dog Podcast Network because we have a whole network of podcasts for dog lovers, uh, of which Dog Cancer Answers is one. The the show that you were on was um was well, you were on two shows on our network, Billy. You were on uh, Dog Edition, which is our flagship show, and that's the first podcast designed to listen to while you walk your dog. So it's like a 20 to 30 minute episode. It sounds like all things considered. Really interesting show. Comes out once a week. Um, and then we have other shows. I think you were on Dog Lovers Live where we help people discover new podcasts and, and, and YouTube That was a shows. great one. That, that um, one was a great one. Yeah. And we're constantly growing. We're hiring. We're looking for people and energy. So please check out dogpodcastnetwork.com and, and look at all of our shows that as we continue to grow. Well, thank you so much, James. Thank you, Billy. Always great chatting with you. We'll keep in touch. I appreciate it. Aloha. Aloha. Thanks to James Jacobson for sharing his insight. I love canine cognitive behavioral therapy because dogs love it and it's bonding. It is driven on communication. My clients are always commenting on how freeing it is, how it has so few rules, yet allows for so much calm manageability and bonding. Recognizing the value dogs can bring us every day is becoming more popular among industry experts which of course flows down to dog trainers and other professionals in the field. Dog owners naturally bond and connect with their dog. Upward dogology is grounded in that bond. That is the first step in applying canine CBT. We reach the cognitive side of the brain, and that is so enlightening for my clients. It's like reaching a different level. Their dog perceives them differently, and we take a holistic approach to helping them overcome behavioral issues. The upward dogology formula follows a step-by-step -step system to achieve these goals. The psychology behind upward dogology is not simple. However, clients are surprised how easy they find it to be and what a large effect it has in such a short period of time, in particular with anxiety. Although all non-aversive training methods are bonding and beneficial, they're not all designed to recognize individual thought patterns or harness cognitive skills. Some dogs don't need canine CBT and they gravitate to conditioning methods. As with humans, and in particular children, we all learn differently. To truly bond, connect, and show our appreciation for the emotional intelligence dogs possess, we need to change. We need a change in mindset. We cannot accomplish this if we do not have the hands-on grassroots solutions available to us. And this is why I continue to spread awareness on canine cognitive behavioral therapy and the need to incorporate it into mainstream dog training with other non-aversive, effective methods. To learn more about canine cognitive behavioral therapy, please listen to season one of this podcast, which was revamped in September 2021. Thank you so much for your support and a big shout out to the Jeff Murdoch Band and Open Strum for the music. You can find their links in the show notes as well as the links to James Jacobson 
and also to my Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter accounts. You can email me at billy at upperdogology.com with any questions. Please leave a rating and review and share this episode. Enjoy your learning journey.